Well, I would like to issue a wonderful sissy welcome to all of you out there in electronic land who have joined us, sissies here, for another stirring installment of the Disinformed Podcast. There, did I get enough? Uh, was I on Elon Musk's last nerve sufficiently enough for this discussion? As the cisgender formerly known as Robert Greer, I can appreciate and endorse this message. Yes, indeed. I'm super mm-hmm. sissy. I'm so out of the loop. Okay, so Elon it's a fruit has banned cyst. Yes, cis. Cis, okay. cis and sissies are not allowed on Twitter. They are permanently banned. You Guess cannot gonna... be a cisgender. Got to delete my account now. Mm-hmm. Happy Pride Month. Have to find mine to delete it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all right. So Elon is transitioning Twitter from pro cis to anti cis now. Apparently so. Well, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. Pro cis, anti cis. You're not allowed to be a cis there anymore. No cisses. This Sissies. throws a lot of uh, you know, familial connections into an uproar because like we're not allowed to have sisters anymore. What's going on? Yep, not on Twitter. Okay. You cannot acknowledge any existence of well, cis, sisters, any of those. Well, it's good. You shouldn't be tweeting your sister late at night anyways. Yeah, what is this, Alabama? That's what right. is this, Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> oh, stepsis. What are you doing on my Twitter step, bro? Stuck in the... I almost said refrigerator. That's tweet not me, baby. Porn. Tweet me. You're stuck in the dishwasher? <laughs> I'm going to give you all 140 characters. Oh no! You can go up to I think it's uh five or fifty thousand if you have Ooh. the uh, Twitter. Give blue me the blue check mark. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah. See this. this <laughs> give me that check mark, Daddy. <laughs> so when did Twitter stop being one hundred and forty characters? Like, oh man! I'm so apparently nineteen eighty two. According so to out of the, the last time I was told. Nineteen eighty four. Thank you. Oh, nineteen eighty four. Absolutism. They posted a sign outside of the Dollar General in Youngstown, Ohio, so that you could notice <laughs> right. it. But everyone was involved in a meat fight there, much like they are on Twitter, and so mm-hmm. uh, no one noticed that they had actually upped the characters at that point. Very true. They got away with it. I'm, I gotta start paying more attention to the news. I had no idea about Twitter and the cis thing. I I didn't know about the stupid submarine with the billionaire going down until oh. uh, until I saw memes floating around about it. I like that you say you need to pay more attention to the news, and you're over here going like, "Well, fucking Tina Turner died. Oh, two two seconds before. Oh, Iron Sheik died. <laughs> like you you're on it when people are are dead. So maybe we need to talk about your basement for another few minutes here. That's right. What well, did you hear? The latest uh, apparently. Uh, like Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, I guess, is like part of the... Uh, that's been the, dead that, for years. No, but it's like part of the track oh. that's in the submarine for the Titanic thing. And I guess the system is going down, so it's like stuck on loop for 30 seconds or something like that. So these yeah. people are these people are going to die of you know, lack of oxygen while listening to the first 30 seconds of Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On on you loop. Know? All you need to do is just tell them not to let go. That is mm-hmm. a special kind of hell. Well, that's even assuming that they're still alive. My favorite gif of this whole situation is uh, 13 from Stranger Things when she originally crushes the, the cola, that would Coca-Cola be can. 11. Thank 11. You. Why did I say 13. Oh, 13? I was having conversation the other day with uh, about House. Just I was random numbers. Of 12, 17, <laughs> I, I, 42, it was, it was 
semi-grounded in reality, okay? Another character named see... 13 from the show house, okay? So it wasn't I, uh, completely out of left. I do not want to see the Stranger Things episode where 69 is introduced. <laughs> oh, no. I'm 69. Not like my Japanese animes. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't you tell me why I can telekinetically throw people across the room, Monsoon? I'm down here in the Baja. <laughs> so, uh, I, I wanted to say this pre-roll, but I, I'm going to have you be a little bit more disappointed in me, Shane. Just a Good. little bit more. Yes. Um, I was in trivia. I was doing a trivia night, and one of the questions was about uh, the Iron Sheik, or Shake, okay. or however you pronounce it. Sheik? Yes. <laughs> the Iron Shake is something <laughs> that you shake. get at Shake Shack. At four mm. in the morning, when you really need to purge something out of your stomach. That's fair. And so the, the the question that I had been asked essentially dealt with one of his catchphrases, uh-huh. uh, uh, the one that started with a J, and I had no idea what they were talking the about. The one that the Rock stole? I mean, it's common parlance in professional wrestling. It's not like either of them own a trademark on it, but... I mean, that's fair. It's a brony. But yeah, according to the Rock's own take on it apparently it did originate with iron Sheik, and and he did it originally as an homage to yeah but i believe dwayne johnson about as far as i can throw him and since he's made out of fucking 12 tons of granite i don't think that would be very far he hasn't bought me a house yet at that point i may believe him a little more that man used also to play true. for the calgary stampeders the cfl all right so he i did i'm he all did. about uh trusting hmm. dwayne yes i did not know that and did you know the rock's most famous catchphrase by the way by the eternal behold Beholds. it's the disinformed podcast i'm shane i'm michael and i'm michael you guys are sorry i almost me. chimed in when you said i'm shane it doesn't matter what your name yes, is. yes and that's when i would have officially logged <laughs> off this call oh no so that would have been the time i'm not chris jericho i'm not just gonna stand here like a bitch and quiver lip and, and deal with that so all right so you were saying you you did not know jabroni was a catchphrase for yeah, for the iron it, chic it wasn't until the answer was revealed that i was like oh he was the one that kind of to- uh, coined that so i was like i know shane would have known it immediately you know what the funny thing is about it is like it happens so infrequently it's not like you know if you asked me to say what the iron sheik's catchphrase is it would have been Iran number one USA like that I would have gone with like that's I get I've heard him say that jabroni was just a a common you know term that he would employ frequently but yeah, yeah unless you so gave I, me the I heads up you. of like it started with a J I wouldn't have gotten there either oh, you in the heads again. yeah yeah that's fair that's fair no hand job just moving them hands. Limp Sheik, hands. Did, Sheik did a hand job or two over the, the course of his time frame, but that's just As well. He, he looked custom. like he was giving hand jobs with those two clubs that he. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you think he practiced? Double fisting. Yeah. <laughs> Wielding them like a belly We're, dancer. It's an Iranian disco dancer. Yes. <sighs> All right. Well. <laughs> uh, that, uh, what, a very, what a wonderful way to start the day. But uh, well, it's okay. Uh, now you just have to name at least two to three of Jesse Ventura's catchphrases after I've used them. Hurricane. S- something about the Bahamas. <laughs> the Baja. The Bahamas. Come on, Monsoon. With my seven pigs in the Baja. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, uh, welcome to episode 201. This is what you stuck around for. For all of these many, many years, uh, you've just been listening to us heckle and juckle and jive in order to get us to this ridiculous bit of stupendous nonsense. But... For those of you who are blissfully uninitiated with the show, what we usually do here is we like to discuss random esoteric topics and in the course of explaining them to one another and you, we lie a little bit. That's part of the shtick. The point of the show is that the co-hosts then try to ferret out the fact from fiction as we listen. We are hyper-engaged and never slappy. It always works out well for all involved parties, I guarantee it, even when people are constantly clicking on and off their mute button. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd hear that or not. I was really I trying always to hear it. I always hear it, Doc. He hears everything. Uh, Didn't want to cough in your ear, all right? I'm a Navy oh, Shield. I hear everything. <laughs> you clicked that thing off, I knew two seconds before you were going to do it just because your body movement. I'm an expert in physical presentation. You gotta understand something. I was the governor of Minnesota. So, I, honestly, your impersonation of him spot on because I watched a couple videos of his this week, and I was like, "Damn, Shane, on fire!" I'm trying. I'm really trying to refine it. I feel like it's you know, if Will Sasso has gotten enough of a career just by whipping that out from time to time, like I'm, I'm gonna emulate. I'll chase it. But uh, so, of course. To finish off, we do not allow you to leave disinformed because there's a denouement. At the end of the episode, we explained what was lied about and why, so we can all get the full download by the time we get finished, and we can know as much as Jesse Ventura <laughs> thinks he does. Beautiful. Christ. <laughs> I'm just going to yawn through your entire presentation, just so you know, just for that. Just across the board. I can't Don't even get through the fucking yawning. intro. Uh, Hitting the mute button, squiggle wiggle the chair. It's like you got, it's like, I already got one person on this call with ADD. I do not need to fucking start extenuating my circumstances any further. Exponential increase of my rage. <laughs> uh, oh, the rage. I ain't got time to do math. <laughs> I got to breed pigs in the blah. Here's the thing. I I I told everybody we were going to unionize the wrestlers back in 1982. Oh. And unfortunately, Hulk Hogan's the one who backstabbed me and I wasn't able to unionize. But uh you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate that Hulk Hogan's so much of a cis white cuck. <laughs> <laughs> he just wouldn't allow us to unionize in that Goddamn McMahon. It looks like a yo know, he his wife was on uh Trump's you know support team there when he was the president. <laughs> and uh, you tell me how that happens. Because I, I you know strange. Call that a bit of a conspiracy <laughs> myself. I think that Here Trump and McMahon, they both got dropped down from a ship in New Mexico in nineteen eighty four. Never saw him before then. I'm in the Baja. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I've been off like, grid for 47 years. I raised 18 pit bulls and 47 boars. It's what I do down here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you asked for this. You you opened up. You yawned when I was talking. No, but you know, it's an audio podcast, right? No one would have been aware of the yawn. 
Until oh, they would have heard it. Yeah, they would have heard the, the I would've, Michael would have kept it. that in. It would have taken the whole, like, it would have blasted everyone's ears. They would have been bleeding. Just And this is <gasps> why I hit the mute button. <laughs> yeah, because then we hear the mute button. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm doing this the rest of the episode. Oh, no. I, I just assumed you were doing it at the bookstore and in your daily life. You're cooking dinner. You're... <laughs> It's going to be 4742. I wouldn't read this book, though, because it's uh, full of lies the government's trying to put on you. <laughs> Get this one, though. It's the tourist guide to the Bajas. No, this is, yeah, it's written by me, Governor Jesse Ventura. It's called How to Navigate a Monsoon. All right. Well, how to navigate us away from this? Fuck as- you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse. It doesn't well, matter what your topic is. <laughs> it really doesn't anymore. All right. Well, yes. All right. So I am presenting tonight mute buttons, yawns, the whole nine yards, squeaky chair and everything. See, see, I didn't even hear that. See, so- I can hit the button. And I wouldn't know. All right. (laughs) Tonight, there are four lies. And I believe tonight is part one of three. Uh, So just prepare yourself. But tonight, there's four lies. Strap in and strap on. Yes. You know, (laughs) strap in. Because there are some (laughs) figures, there are some figures whose place in the story of the American past is so central that school children cannot help but know them. George Washington, or Abraham Lincoln, or Rosa Parks. But there is also a group of people who have not passed into national legend, and perhaps whose lives are not considered fit to explain to children. They are most likely to be encountered, if they are encountered at all, in the institutions that often engage the attention of young people between the ages of 18 and 22. It's all a conspiracy created by the government. The uh, Canadians are an institution? <laughs> yes, I believe so. <laughs> they were a myth perpetrated. I wouldn't know that. We don't maple. have any universities. No, Jesse would know this one here. The institutions that usually engage young people are universities or the Unless military. it's Pig University and I got seven boars enrolled right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, and making bacon. So then you got yourself a PhD in pigonology. Mm. Pack. <laughs> Making is is the body rubbing so, up. So among those people <laughs> who have not passed talk with national the legend, there is probably okay. only passed, passed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there is probably only a single person who will be discovered almost exclusively by two generally non-overlapping groups. Avid readers of the Corpus of Noam Chomsky and members of the Marine Corps. That man, standing lonely astride the lens-shaped center of a peculiar Venn diagram, has the unlikely name of Smedley Darlington Butler. Uh, oh, oh, ooh, color God. me intrigued and I, again, fully I, erect. you were trying to keep ooh. me engaged in the episode, right? <laughs> the, the sound of disgust from Shane. Okay, well, all right. So Michael is going to carry the rest of this. I'm going to log off, and uh, he can do the outro. I I I I guess he was. I wasn't really. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I'll I'll talk about the Uh-oh. conspiracies of Smedley oh, no. all the all the way. Schmidley and Schmuckers, so those were the two Jesse people that were around. battling over the game of making jam back in 1942. <laughs> yeah, boysenberry, that's my Schmidley. favorite. I used to have all over my balls down here. That's the pigs. Oh, they definitely got themselves into a jam, yeah. <laughs> With a name like Schmidley, it's got to be shit. See, Schmidley, actually, <laughs> I think he mostly used it with oatmeal. <laughs> Bad pun. And I say oatmeal because Smedley's name reflects Butler's Pennsylvania Quaker heritage. His father, Thomas Butler, was a congressman. (laughs) So his father, Thomas Butler, was a congressman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that that bullshit? We've established, yes. Butler? Oh, okay. Nope, that's true. It's his name reflects his Pennsylvania Quaker heritage. Okay. Uh, And his name is Smedley Darlington Butler. Uh, so yes his father was a congressman in the seat once held by his wife's father smedley darlington so that's where he gets his name from right his dad's last name is butler his wife's dad's name smedley darlington so both were prominent families wait so he took his wife's last name as his middle name no he his wife's so no his (laughs) his father was thomas butler yes right yes and his and wife's father is, yes. and his wife's father stopped at Smedley your Darlington. desk for so, yes, yes. His, yeah. So he took his wife's, <laughs> well, he took it. his mother's father's, he took his grandfather's first and middle name, and then his dad's oh, last name. God, fucking damn match. I'm my own grandpa. Okay, okay. So, so I, his I grandfather, I, I'm on my his own grandpa. Mother's side, yeah. Darlington, <laughs> father, butler, everything is okay. We're good. We're All good. Right. All right. Right. (laughs) The same Senate seat. Both is both on his father and his mother's side uh, were prominent, were prominent families. But the young Butler would not pursue a career in politics. Smedley was 16 years old when the Spanish-American War broke out. The United States promised it was entering the fight to free the remaining Spanish overseas colonies from tyranny. In spite of the Quaker tradition of pacifism, Butler believed in the mission. Quote, I clenched my fists when I thought of those poor Cuban devils being starved and murdered by the beastly Spanish tyrants, he wrote later. When he read of the explosion of the USS Maine in the Havana Harbor in 1898, which the yellow journalism of the era painted as a Spanish attack, he decided to enlist in the Marines. His military career would take him from Cuba to China to Central America, where he became a legend in the Marine Corps, representing martial valor and virtue. Famous in his day... Sorry, go ahead. Were the Marines, did they exist back then? They did. The Marines? Oh, okay. Yeah. My apologies then. No worries. Famous in his day, the subject of fiction and film, he retired with two Medal of Honors, achieving the distinction shared with only one other of being the only Marines to receive the Medal of Honor twice for separate actions. He also received a greater number of nicknames, Old Gimlet Eye, Leatherneck's Friend, the Fighting Quaker, to name but a few. Old that testified. Gimlet Eye? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Old Gimlet Eye. You don't know the story of Old Gimlet Eye? Like, it's so, a... Yeah, so he got the uh, nickname Old Gimlet Eye in 1903 in Honduras. The nickname was given to him by his fellow Marines as a nod to his fierce battle stare, which was also associated with these feverish bloodshot eyes that he had as a result of having a tropic fever. So, yeah, Old Gimlet Eye. That's uh, hard to swallow. It, yeah, I'm going to call <laughs> bullshit on it. Nope, all true. In fact, all I right. just gave you the background. 
Yeah. I, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, fundamental mistake number one, whenever someone gives, you know, a little bit more context, you still have to ask because then otherwise at the end, you know, I will say like, oh, I should have asked instead of just letting you go on about it. <laughs> Who so, would do that? Just, Who would do that? I have no idea, but you know what? I'm covering my bases, so there mm-hmm. you go. There you go. So, in the country Smedley helped occupy, a different memory of Smedley Butler lingers. In Haiti, he was simply known as the devil. In Nicaragua, mothers used to quiet their children with the claim, Hush, Major Butler will get you. Butler's time in the Marines coincided with its transformation from a Navy auxiliary to having its own identity and purpose as a colonial infantry. This might be enough to explain why Butler would make an appearance in the anti-imperialist writings of Noam Chomsky, but it isn't the reason. In retirement in the 1930s, Butler had a second successful career as a public speaker. He told stories of his military service, and he did so from a remarkably critical, even confessional, point of view. Writing in the socialist magazine Common Sense in 1935, he put it this way, quote, I spent 33 years and four months in active service as a member of our country's most agile military force, the Marine Corps. And during that period, I spent most of my time being a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street, and for the bankers. In short, I was a racketeer, a gangster for capitalism. I helped make Mexico and especially Tampico safe for American oil interest in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for National City Bank boys to collect revenues in. I helped in the raping of half a dozen Central American republics for the benefit of Wall Street. I helped purify Nicaragua for the International Banking House Brothers in 1902-1912. I brought light to the Dominican Republic for American sugar interest in 1916. I helped make Honduras right for the American fruit companies in 1903, and in China in 1927, I helped to see that Standard Oil went on its way unmolested. Looking back on it, I might have given Al Capone a few hints. The best he could do was operate his racket in three districts. I operated on three continents. Damn. (laughs) If there's anybody who's a muscle man on this call, it's me. (laughs) That's right, Jesse. In the Baja. (laughs) I was there before he got to Honduras. I've been here for ages. (laughs) These are the quotations that will send the Chomsky enthusiasts scurrying into the racks of the university library. Meanwhile, at the Library of the Marine Corps at Quantico, Butler's anti-war writings are isolated from his memoirs and other texts about him, in a separate bookshelf for radical thought that includes the works of Marx. So if you missed your youthful window for Butlerania, either by not being a member of the Marine Corps or by not devoting a shelf in your dorm room to the collected works of Chomsky, fear not, dear listener, the Disinformed Podcast is here to help. Butlerania? <laughs> yeah, but you don't like it? I thought Beatlemania, come on. <laughs> no, like, you're not, oh, no. that's the reference. <laughs> oh, I was thinking it was more like WrestleMania. I you know a lot about that. I was I I did color commentary for most of them. It, yeah, see I I just that little uh It's a trademark a infringement with your butler mania over there. <laughs> Vince McMahon will come after you, I know. I've been involved in lawsuits. Well, that's why we got to unionize, Jesse. I agree. <laughs> so, all you right. got to manifest the reality you want to take part in. You tell me how this happens. I'm going to tell you how it happened for Smedley here. So, Major Gen- General Smedley Butler was born in July 1881. 
His father, Thomas, who I referenced earlier, was a lawyer, a judge, and later served in the House of Representatives for 31 years, serving as chairman of the House Naval Affairs Committee during the Harding and Coolidge administrations, while his mother, Maud Thompson, came from a wealthy family. The family's military background, with ancestors who served in the American Revolutionary War, influenced young Smedley's path. Maud. Maud, yeah. <laughs> Smedley's- Thompson? I thought her last name was Darling. Oh, never mind. Yeah, no, I thought her last name was Darling. No, her father's name was Smedley Darlington. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> let's not do this again. <laughs> All no, right. No, no uh, lies uh, detected so far. No. Like okay. On that. All right. Fine. Fine. Her, her cousin's sister's <laughs> brother's <laughs> aunt on their mother's side, who also so, served on the same Senate seat as the other ten people. Yes. That well, he's the, related to. Well, the House of Representatives seat is important because, as I mentioned, he was chairman of the House Naval Affairs Committee, right? So he's in charge of like the budget and all that. When mm-hmm. when his son is in the Marines, right, rising through the ranks, so that's actually that's why I, I took the time to point that out because his dad's position was pretty key. He oh, was I also can't. appointed head naval gazer. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how? So Smedley's Marine Corps uh, career successes occurred while his father held that politically influential congressional seat, controlling the Marine Corps pa- manpower and budget. Butler attended the Westchester Friends graded high school followed by the Haverford School, which was a Quaker-affiliated secondary school popular with the you know, high-class Philadelphia the families. Yeah. There, he was captain of the school baseball team and quarterback of its football team. So quite the athlete as well. What he a had, nerd. He had sex 37 yeah. times <laughs> documented thought- by his chaperones and the principal. <laughs> and only 10 of those behind the bleachers. And the rest hated were on hand top. jobs. Oh, well, yeah. another cretin. Okay. So well, he wasn't a pitcher. In the Spanish War fervor of 1898, and against the wishes of his father, he left school 38 days before his 17th birthday and lied about his age to receive a direct commission as a Marine second lieutenant. In Bullshit, July- it was 36 days. <laughs> no. <laughs> 30- oh. <laughs> so in July of that year, he went to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba arriving shortly after its invasion and its capture. So essentially, his first outing as a Marine amounted to nothing. He returned home, and he was mustered out of service in February of 1899. However... He was ketchuped out of service, actually. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Thank you. So, however, just a few short months later, he accepted a commission as a first lieutenant in the Marine Corps and was sent off to the Philippines. On garrison duty there, with little to do, Butler often turned to alcohol to relieve the boredom and was known for his antics. In fact, he once got insanely drunk and was temporarily relieved of command after being found with four naked women in his barracks. I'm just going to flatly say that's that's ridiculous. It was no. like 10. That- he was not removed from duty for the naked ladies. That's correct. So you well, it could okay. be correct. It is I'm it's a lie. He was in fact uh he did in fact get insanely drunk and he was temporarily relieved of command. Okay. For quote unspecified incidents in his room ah so 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 i just you know interjected the four naked women but yes it could very well have been for it could have been a harem in there because it is unspecified incidents but you know he did get drunk and he did get relieved of command because of doing some crazy shit in his room also could have been a pig no one (laughs) would judge you or multiple pigs i'm picturing like a dorm room that he's living in so like someone opens the door and it's just like Wall-to-wall naked women. Oh, so he knows all about making bacon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
It's a pork chop as far as I'm concerned. But He's all about that tenderloin. Okay, so, but it wasn't all drinking and debauchery for young Smedley. The Philippines is where he's where he saw his first combat action when he led 300 Marines to take a town from a group of rebels. Afterwards, he rewarded himself by having a gigantic eagle, globe, and anchor tattooed across his torso that went from his throat all the way down to his waist. He is quoted as saying, I selected an enormous Marine Corps emblem to be tattooed across my chest. It required several sittings, and it hurt me like the devil, but the finished product was worth the pain. I blazed triumphantly forth, a marine from throat to waist. The emblem is still with me. Nothing on earth but skinning me will remove it. Although he may have spoken too soon because during the Boxer Rebellion, he got shot and the South American portion of the tattoo was lost. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? That's that, Is that true? He got you, like, the South American bullshit? part taken up? Yes. That's true, my friend. The South American part getting okay. shot off. Nope. Right. Yeah. Nope. That is true. Huh. Well, do, you, do you have anything you want to call Shane? Oh, I see the, the look of incredulity. Mostly the size of the tattoo for for something as insignificant as doing a single run seems a little bizarre to that, me. Killed no, some rebels. Time to get a whole chest tattoo. Well, well that eagle globe and anchor bit is like the classic marine emblem, right? So oh, he just yeah, got this massive thing from throat to waist. He, fucking brock samson he does like you know the one invasion and all of a sudden he's like i gotta have this old chest covered yeah well he did and the the quote i gave accurate so okay uh, funny enough actually the south american portion of the tattoo which was obliterated uh when he got shot it was uh, it actually got infected and gave off like a powerful stench which earned old gimlet eye another nickname in his long list of nicknames uh, smelly butler, uh, though I don't think too many who used it were brave enough to say it to his face. I don't know if that's true. That doesn't <laughs> sound like that. No, the sm- smelly butler doesn't sound like a true nickname at all. That's true. That's correct. You're right. It's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think smelly smedley would have been a little more entertaining <laughs> yeah. at the very least. But yeah, I was. So I, I had uh, hoped to sneak that lie by just because I figured you guys would call lies on the tattoo. And since the tattoo was true and, you know, I figured you might even interject earlier in the list of weird nicknames, which you also did. So yes. I thought, oh, we've yes. already shot down the nicknames as true. The tattoo seems like a lie, but it was true. So I thought smedly, smelly, like maybe we could just sneak that in there. Okay. But uh, but you guys, are, you guys are yes. too good for yeah. me there. I, a for yeah. effort. <laughs> It's mostly so, Jesse today for me, you know, admittedly. So next, he went off to China to fight in the Boxer Rebellion, where his bravery Listen, earned him. <laughs> I'm a wrestler. I wasn't allowed in a Boxer Rebellion. They wouldn't have us. That's right. Only the wrestler I tried rebellion. To, I tried to enroll five <laughs> times. They kept kicking me back. But I can punch. <laughs> so his, bra- his bravery in the Boxer Rebellion earned him a promotion to captain. He quickly proved his mettle, earning a reputation for bravery and skill. After that, he was off to Central America, where he fought in U.S. wars that were simply to further corporate interest, such as the Banana Wars. This frustrated <laughs> Butler. <laughs> I, I admittedly, I, I am not as much as embedded in history, but yeah, yes, the Banana Wars <laughs> to me just sounds like a really racy film that, that no one should bananas, see man. from 1972 
I'd watch the Banana Wars. Yeah. It'd be very, like, there'd be some good sax music in there. I feel like the Boxer Rebellion leading into the Banana Wars is just everybody gave up their underwear. They got sick of having the tangles, and so it's like, yeah. Take off the boxers, and all you got left is the banana. Exactly. We're free balling. He was a commando, so... Maybe his nickname was Smelly Butler. I mean, you take off the boxers and you got the banana hanging there. Ugh. You know, it's early 1900s. I don't know what his cleanliness routine was. <laughs> the banana hammocks. It's a fine there point. <laughs> now we're going to move on to the Melon Rebellion, and the ladies will start kicking the bras off in the 60s. And Well, so now we're off to, um, well, after his initial Honduran campaign. So we've left Honduras. We left the, the Philippines and whatnot. Uh, I never want to leave Honduras. Can we of stay? Not. No. Okay. Well, it's pretty but dangerous. <laughs> I mean, I've had El Salvadorian food as well, which oh, is so also good. delightful. Uh, so, give me I some mean, pupusas. Yeah, was, mm. I mean, you had to go for pupusas. pupusas straight off the run, but okay. Oh, of course. That's the first thing. The first yeah. and last thing. Start like to, end with them. I like to put my bananas into pupusas. I got some tamales and wrapped in banana leaves right now. They got their own little I'm banana sure hammock in the do. fridge. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so after his initial Honduran campaign, Butler returned to Philadelphia, where he was married. However, he was soon sent off again, this time to the Philippines again. It didn't go well. Smedley had a nervous breakdown, and he was sent back home for nine months to get it together. Oh, now he had a nervous breakdown, not <laughs> when right. he got a yeah. full fucking torso tattoo. It's now he's lost it. That's right. What did lost- he do to deserve? What like what happened? What caused it? <laughs> what you can't did he just do say to deserve was- a big well, nervous I, breakdown. Yes, that's fair. Not okay. the not the correct way to word that question. Gotcha. Yes, you are right. What had occurred to him that thank you like led to this nervous breakdown? Because he was fighting someone, boxers. Someone he was getting called tattoos. him sis. That's right. Oh, that's true. He yeah. got massively he was triggered. Such a trigger. Yeah. I mean, it this kind of thing wouldn't have happened now. And thank God for Elon Musk. Indeed. For- <laughs> God, I can't even I can't even go with that bit. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but but in actuality, do, do you know what happened that so caused we, this we nervous breakdown? We don't know what happened. We just know that he he had a nervous breakdown, things didn't go well, and he was kicked back stateside to recover for nine so months. My guess what, would be how did it go how did so, it not go well? Well Well, like, here's the thing. Well that's what I'm saying I is imagine. that it didn't go well because he had the nervous breakdown. It things were relatively well. What I what I would guess uh, what I would hazard would be he had come back, he'd gotten married, and then he was sent off again, right? So I'm guessing it was probably just like homesickness, maybe, and like, you know, you got married and now suddenly you're getting shipped off again. You know. I, I was just saying, you know, after the banana war, he probably got his banana trapped in something, got a little mangled, and then just didn't recover psychologically from that. Well, That's plus, fair. I wouldn't have. Easy to do when you're Wango Tango. Well, and you got to keep in mind that, like, uh, he's starting to get some of the sentiment of, like, I'm just being sent around to, like, push corporate interest, right? Mm. When he first signed up for this to go fight in the Spanish-American War, it was, like, under, like, noble pretenses, right? Like, yeah, yeah these the Spanish tyrants are, yeah, these Spanish tyrants are like suppressing the Cubans and killing them. Uh, I, we're going to go down there and we're going to like you know kick some ass and free you know free and spread democracy, right? And then you quickly <laughs> then learn we like become the new colonizers. Yeah, and then you quickly learn like oh, I'm just here to like push business interest, and so I think that could be a part of it as well. Um, You're under new management, so <laughs> during his nine months back home, he managed a coal mine in West Virginia. But he did return to active duty the, you know, at the first opportunity, and he was sent off to Nicaragua, where, with a 104-degree fever, he led his battalion to save the city of Granada 
from a group of rebels. So the guy's got 104 degree fever and he's still leading his men there and, you know, fighting the rebels. So that's pretty cool. That seems a little far-fetched. A little Are you calling suspect. I, yes, I would say that he would not be charging out with something that requires hospitalization. Well, then you, my friend, are not as much of a badass as Smedley was, because with a 104-degree fever, he's out there kicking ass and taking names. So he is Brock Sampson. Or just, <laughs> uh, that's how I'm depicting him in my head from this point forward. Listen, he went to Nicaragua to chew bubblegum and kick ass. <laughs> to chew ass to and kick ass eat. and chew bubblegum, yeah. <laughs> to chew bubblegum and <laughs> eat ass, and he's all out of bubblegum. <laughs> Listen, I knew all... Roddy Piper. I you don't have the right to say that quote. <laughs> Roddy Piper was one of my favorite people, and he and I we, we used to boar hunt down here. Which nineteen sixty four, we just saw the Rolling Stones uh, live for the first time. We went uh, hunting boars for for four days, killed them with our bare hands. They wouldn't let me in the boxer rebellion ridiculous (laughs) nice i like how you tied it in thank you thank you so as previously mentioned butler frequently found himself dealing with financial and corporate interests that were lobbying the u.s government for action he resented it butler's letters home in the 1910s contain the beginnings of the anti-imperialist sentiments he would famously express in the 1930s in nicaragua where marine intervention helped put in place a conservative government that would accept U.S. financial management, he wrote, quote, What makes me mad is that the whole revolution is inspired and financed by Americans who have wildcat investments down here and want to make them good by putting in a government which will declare a monopoly in their favor. The whole business is rotten to the core, end quote. So I think that kind of ties into the uh, nervous breakdown bit there, right, when he's starting to have like these thoughts of just like this whole thing is bullshit. I.e. Well, every yeah. American interest ever. <laughs> we depose anyone that we don't like. We throw people in we hope are favorable to us. It's kind of the American M.O. Well, and this is why I wanted to talk about Smedley, because like when you listen to just some of his quotes, they ring so true, you know, 120 years later, right? That, you know, yeah. that it's like, it's still the case. He was also like one of the, like he was at the forefront of our sudden imperial like we had just finished conquering c to c you know the manifest destiny and then we were like well now what and then beyond the sea there were more lands and we were like you know what let's 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 do this thing so he was at the forefront of a lot of that sort of interaction between south america and you know our our colonial interests in the philippines and he was america's most badass marine so when you have your like literally the best marine like everybody always talks about how kick-ass the marines are in general and then you have the you know the the top of the you know the the cream of the crop saying these things it really highlights kind of the the bs behind it all gee you say that but i think john cena is the best marine you couldn't even see him (laughs) i couldn't see him yeah exactly well he's in that movie the marine <laughs> I've never seen Schmedley Schmucker in a movie called The Marine. True. You show he me does... the you show me how you get the role of the Marine if you're not the best Marine. <laughs> he definitely has got you there. You know check, check and what, what movie has Schmedley Butler been in? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Tattoo well, removal boys. Actually, we'll discuss that in part three. Ooh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, well, I guess I'll shut my mouth then, <laughs> by all means. 
So he remained in Nicaragua until November 1912, when he and his family, he had three children by this point, were sent off to Panama. One of the defi- Panama, huh? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you already had me. I was like, I'm not singing on this episode, because after your last comment, I was like, beyond the sea. <laughs> there, there, waiting for pillaging. But no, now you're singing freaking Van Halen, so I guess we're just going to bite the bullet on that one. I act like I'm angry at you for being disruptive. I'm over here Jesse Venturing the whole goddamn episode. You know what? I'm going to give a – well, actually, never mind. I, just a little too much info, even for me. But uh, Panama is always funny whenever I see that because my mother, for whatever whatever reason uh, – she was in the military when, when uh, she had me. And for whatever reason, she knows both the date that I was conceived and she celebrates. She calls it Doc Date, D-O-C, Date of Conception. So every every year oh, she sends Oh god, me- that gives your nickname <laughs> way way different context. I I don't know how to react to this I, information. I like it better now. Personally. Yeah. Doc. So, yeah, so my mom is right. date of conception over here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mom every year since I was a kid has has always said like, you know, happy doc day. And uh <laughs> Yeah. Man, and, now it's it's space docking all over. <laughs> And I've uh, and Man. I've talked to my mom too about like that. I'm like, you know, why do I want to celebrate the day I was cons- that all that is to me is you got laid that day. Like, what do she I? She had care a great time. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, enough to where she remembers it and celebrates it to this day. You know, well, I would say good for her that mm-hmm. she remembers that lay so well, well that she that, celebrates and it. And the reason why I bring it up is because uh, that that lay took place in Panama. So I was conceived in Panama. So that's why I bring it up. Because whenever I see Panama, it pops into my head. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, why now, do I know these things? I was conceived there. Yeah. Was was Panama on the radio while you were being conceived? That's the question. I feel like it had to be. It I'll, was like a I'll ask next Thanksgiving. Head, yes. Next Thanksgiving, I'll be like, Mom, pass the turkey. By the way, what was playing on the radio when, you know, Dad was dicking you down? <laughs> Please use it's a reasonable question. Words, yes, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> ask it as Jesse Ventura. Schools out. Oh. <laughs> Hot for teacher. It yes. Was, is it my body? Also, an Alice it, it would song. be better or more appropriate to steal from the Van Halen catalog a little more. But say eruption was probably what was playing, but. <laughs> Jump! <laughs> I don't know. That was the first thing that it's popped the only in my head. It's the only Van other Halen one I was going to say. I, yes, I got it. You said Panama. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, Though so... to be fair, I forgot it was Van Halen, so that doesn't count. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> one of the defining moments of Butler's career. <laughs> came in 1914 during the U.S. occupation of Veracruz, Mexico. He was given a spy assignment where he was to develop an invasion plan to invade Mexico. He made his way to the U.S. consulate in Mexico City, posing as a railroad official named Mr. Johnson. He and the chief railroad inspector... No. The name was not Mr. Johnson. Yes, his name was Mr. Johnson. So he went on a spy mission... Playing a railroad official named Mr. Johnson. Hi, I'm here to railroad you. I'm Mr. Johnson. Yeah, and so he and the chief railroad inspector, you know, scoured the city saying they were searching for a lost railroad employee. But of course, there was no railroad employee that was lost. In fact, the employee that they named didn't even exist. 
But the oh. ruse gave Butler access to various areas of the city. So in the process of the so-called search, they located weapons in use by the Mexican army and determined the size of units and states of readiness. They, yeah, so Butler was in charge of Mr. Like, Johnson's looking at the unit size. Oh, mm-hmm. go figure. Yeah, I like How it ready like, they are. Yeah, you're sending in this like badass marine to like play in this. Like, Hello, I'm uh, Mr. Johnson. I'm a uh, railroad inspector here. I'm uh, looking for He's a lost He's all ripped, play. like seven feet tall, just like hulking it out. Like every time he puts on a shirt, it just tears. And I'm also a railroad inspector, completely covered from fucking neck to <laughs> you know stint with tattoo <laughs> that just says Marines and bull. Old underlying comic sans. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, He's but inconspicuous. They, but see, they exactly. wouldn't know because the South America portion has been blown away. <laughs> Oh, that's fair. They're like, oh, okay. He's from the north, uh, the the you know North America. He's fine. I, I can't see Chile on his map. <laughs> Must so, be legit. Okay. Yeah. So you know he was in charge of updating the maps and verifying like that the railroad lines uh, for use were set up for the U- impending U.S. invasion. Uh, <laughs> he's all drawing it on his chest as he's walking down, like just filling in the gaps left by the bullet wound. Yeah, I love this story because you can just like picture it, right? Like, you know, like the, it must, no wonder it was like a defining moment for him and, and super exciting because it must have been kind of fun to go down there and play this character and go around and like, you know, jot down the railroad lines and ammunitions are stored here and set everything up for like the u.s invasion must have been very interesting to do Uh, a lot more fun than just being like you know trenches and fighting wars and stuff right you're just killing people and shit yeah so unfortunately for smedley though the uh, invasion plan was eventually scrapped when the u.s decided just to capture uh the electric and water utilities there (laughs) instead of all of mexico so (laughs) so they decided to play the monopoly game Uh aha We're taking over your utilities. Well, why capture the entire area if you can just, like, knock out their power grids and whatnot, right? Well, they should have at least gotten the railroads as well, you know, then you get a better chance of getting more money. There's a railroad inspector, that's true. Exactly. They should have gotten them. Or at least boardwalk. You could have built some hotels there. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to have at least boardwalk or park place. Exactly. Otherwise, you're losing the game. Mm -hmm. So... As Marvin's <laughs> Gardens for me personally, but Ooh, oh, okay. okay, yeah, I see it. I I always love to own the little corner there, like you know. So either you got you know Boardwalk or Park Place, or you rounded and you just immediately got hit as well. So it was just always a bust when you got your two hundred bucks and immediately had to give me like sixty of it. Mm. Good oh, that's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, so as a major, he led a force that successfully captured the city of Veracruz, showcasing his strategic brilliance and fearlessness. For his exemplary leadership and heroism, Butler was awarded the Medal of Honor, the highest military honor in the United States. However, Butler returned his medal, arguing that he had not done enough to deserve it. (laughs) But he he successfully invades and like stifles rebellion in how many states and like countries at this point? (laughs) Like. Uh, and, and, and like, just formulating a railroad inspector plan to invade the city of Veracruz, and that's what he gets the medal for. And he's like, yeah, you know what? No, I didn't deserve that. Maybe the other campaigns where I brutally repressed a lot of natives, sure, but... I mean, it's kind of funny, though, because it's, like, that's literally the highest honor we can give. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Um, Not good enough. Yeah. How, how, 
I uh, I have to call that out as a lie, just, you know, for the, the course of we've spent enough time talking about it. Did he really reject the medal? He did really reject the medal. Okay. Uh, however, did he did really he have it? a child just run down the stairs behind him? <laughs> yes, while he was I did. Over? Okay, it was her dinner time. All right. But that's not neither here nor there. The more important thing is, did he actually get it for the invasion of Veracruz? He did, yes. So, oh. Yeah, so he did, and he did reject it. All However... Right it was sent back to Butler with orders that he would not only keep it, but he would wear the damn thing as well. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, he kept it. Uh, so moving forward a little bit here into 1915, the Haitian president was killed by a mob, right? So in response, the United States ordered the USS Connecticut to Haiti with Major Butler and a group of Marines on board. Right. So he's back off. Like, so the, the Veracruz thing is done. Now we're off to Haiti. We got, you know, uh, presidents killed there. So let's go suppress the rebellion. So uh, in October of 1915, an estimated 400 rebel Haitians ambushed Butler's patrol of 44 mounted Marines when they approached Fort Dippity. Surrounded- I don't like those odds. Yeah. And not for the Marines. <laughs> yeah. Surrounded <laughs> by the rebels. Butler probably took out like 300 of them on his own. Well, he, like say- master chief them. <laughs> Did you say Fort Dippity Do? <laughs> no, Fort Dippity, but not Do. But yes, Dippity. Fort Dippity. <laughs> yes, but not Dippity Dippity Do. I welcome We're to Fort Wackity Wackity Schmackity. Hello, Zoinks. So yeah, so the four hundred rebel Haitians are surrounding his forty-four mounted Marines. Right, so they're surrounded by the rebels. It's nearly ten to one in odds, but the Marines maintain their perimeter throughout the night. The next morning. They charged, led by Smedley, they charged the much larger enemy force and basically kicked the shit out of them. Wait, they were mounted? Yes, the yeah. Marines. Oh, you said mounted. Yes. oh, that that it's, changes a lot of things. Like, I thought you were talking about like 300. Here's, here's well, yeah, the thing. but I, they're on horses. And oh, it's probably I was some gonna... mob with maybe like sticks and stones or something like that. I was confused. I was like, how did they even get themselves down from the wall enough to charge at these people? <laughs> strange don't charge until you see the whites of their eyes yes they were mounted michael but it's still oh. like 10 to 1 odd so i don't know you're like ah, oh, that's easy then shit don't even worry about it well i mean unless they were were they all killed or were they routed because like no matter how many people you got if you have a bunch of like well-armed people on horseback charging at you and you're armed with what a stick or something like maybe some of them might have some arms that they like procured sure but like, I feel it's like not that's like, like low key racist because you're like ah, a bunch of like Haitians. <laughs> like, what do they got? They're sticks? rebels. <laughs> they're not like an, a standing force. Like, yeah, they might have some they arms. Sure. They attack them with their tortillas. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I say it, it would be racist if he's like, did all. they throw bananas at him? <laughs> exactly. You are the one that is projecting, sir. I understand that, like, if they're rebelling, they're it's not like they're a standing force. It's not like they have, you know, armor, bullets. They might not have that. And if they do, it's going to be in limited quali- quantity or and probably quality as well. Mm-hmm. So it's Fair, not like yeah. all 400 are going to be loaded with M16s and, like, well, you mean, know, they, several magazines worth of ammo. They're, well, they, they probably have... I mean, they were good enough to take down the Haitian government. <sighs> That, with enough mob rule, yes, if you have thousands of people charging a, you know, 
a presidential palace that might have a couple of people that are probably on the same side as the mob. You're not you're like, not really doing well to defend yourself against <laughs> not being racist now. But All right, what fine. kind of government it, do they have in Haiti? They probably have to vote with tortillas. Uh, that, what are they counting beans? On, Is that how they like submit their ballots? They do oh have bean God. counters. I mean, but yes. that's different. No, that's that is going not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. Who knows how the coup occurred? That it was a mob. The Ku Klux Klan. That's how no! it occurred. Ah! <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. But yeah. all right, fine. I guess I'm the racist. I love the Haitian people. Uh, I do. You know, I might as well just use the c word. You know, I am a cis, so let's just keep on going. Cis white uh, Haitian over here. I'll even That's use right. the hard R. Cisgender. Let's go. <laughs> whoa whoa yeah yeah i'm throwing it out there just, you know what just bearing it all for everyone to see you're a well, rebel michael don't let him tell you any different armed with my probably not sticks and probably a little bit better and tortillas equipment. hot off the grid. i did not ever say tortillas <laughs> let it be let, let the record state i, I think, never said I tortillas they had both corn and flour you oh, mean they, maize. Here's the thing. Maize. They fried the, the flour tortillas. They were throwing those in chip And they chip sharpened form. those. Yeah, yeah. You they, they put they somebody's eye with out. sticks of churros there, and you had cinnamon and sugar in their eye. Was oh, this I, Disneyland? I killed somebody in Cuba with a churro one time. Yeah, it's easy to do. <laughs> yeah, from diabetes. That, oh, no, that cinnamon, it'll choke you. It'll choke you real fast. George yeah. W., he almost died that way, too, eating a chip. <laughs> You've ever heard of the cinnamon challenge? Yeah, it's not it's not something to mess around with. Yeah, you don't fuck ends. around with cinnamon. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, okay, so very tell me easy. about the obviously not even match between 400 well, well, people and it was so mounted easy. I mean, armed 44 Marines. 44 against 400, super easy. Somehow, though, the the rebels still like lost, even though there's only 400 of them. Rebel scum. Yeah. So, uh, so after this. Butler commanded the Marines in essentially capturing all of the forts held by the rebels. The last one being taken via hand-to-hand combat that lasted for 20 minutes. So you got Butler out there, 104-degree fever, hand-to-hand combat, taking forts, <laughs> kicking ass. Whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't have a 100-degree fever at this well, he still had a fever. Yeah, he Unless still... he kept getting sick, because in that case, he's been sick well, for several the years. Guy, the feverish thing. And now I'm just confused. Also, did they take all the forts with the 44 people? And yeah. that was it? Yes. Now, Butler, like, Butler commanded the Marines in taking the rest of the forts from the rebels. I don't know if he might have picked up more forces after that. I'm not entirely sure if it was just those 44. But just was, like, all right, Steve, you're holding down the last fort. We're going to take yeah. the other 40 and keep moving. Yeah, he might have had reinforcements at that point. But I do know that the last one there was just taking like hand-to-hand combat and Butler's in there just fighting hand-to-hand against the rebels and taking the fort. Uh, Michael, Not- obviously, you've never seen my famous film Predator, because uh, we went in there with only seven Marines, and we were able to take down an entire cartel. That's right. See, thank you, Jesse. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got. I'm getting got your- close to Patrick Warburton now. I have to back it up. I guess, I have, I'm riding the line now. It's desperate, but I, I, I can hear it. I, I think you'll pull through. You'll pull through. I'm working on it. You're still heavy on the Jesse to me. Oh, good. Uh, so reportedly in that final fort <laughs> taking there, 
Ignore the person running behind me, okay? It's not the best recording arrangement. No, Michael, have you ever seen um, the original uh, grudge, the Japanese Juwan? Have you Juwan? Ever- I tried watching it, but I got so disgusted by the cat that was mutilated at the beginning that I couldn't okay. finish it. I understand. So there's part of the joy of the horror genre there is that they just have a little kid who's basically yeah. painted blue who just runs through the background of scenes. Just so like every sit, time like this happens, I'm like... sitting in the upper stairs and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yes, fair. Yes, So every time I see her float through, I'm always like... Yeah, I half expect her to come crawling like, across the ceiling there briefly. No, she's not that demonic. Not yet. <laughs> so, in that final battle there, where it was hand-to-hand, reportedly only one Marine was injured in that assault. Uh, and he was injured when he was struck by a rock and he lost two of his teeth. So, one Marine got hurt, uh, but 50 Haitians in that final one in the hand-to-hand combat there, 50 Haitians were killed. Butler was certainly a badass, fighting hand-to-hand with the fever and kicking ass. The guy was practically Rambo. He took them all on himself. He was, like, he was standing at this, like, bridge over, and he's like, I will hold them! I forgot the name of this guy, but it was, like, some English dude from, like, the medieval era that, like, held off one person. I think it was, like, the 1060s. Or we can do Roland Song, you know, from from other, uh, you know, medieval era. He was just like, I will hold this one spot! And he just like started socking the shit out of anyone that moved. You I assume shall that's why the Marine. Pass. Yeah, exactly. I presume that's why the Marine got hit because he was just in the way of Smedley Butler- Butler's flying fists of fury. <laughs> Smedley right. butt hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you yes, for yeah. that. So Butler's exploits impressed the Assistant Secretary of the Navy, one Franklin D. Roosevelt, who, re- <gasps> who recommended he receive a second Medal of Honor based on Butler's performance during the engagement. His efforts to establish stability and implement reform earned him widespread acclaim. The Haitian government even recognized his contributions, awarding him the Order of the Black Star, the country's highest honor. And, with Smedley, now the proud owner of not one, but two Medal of Honors, we shall leave him and the U.S. on the brink of global war and return to Butlerania on the next installment of the Disinformed Podcast. I'm calling bullshit. He was not the proud owner of two medals. <laughs> okay. Well, he was the owner of... I don't know if he was proud, but I, that's not a lie, but it could be a lie. I guess. Oh, yeah? Because yeah. you, you you made a point of saying he kicked the other one back. He's like, this, this is, is true. Kmart I, medal. This is true. I, I embellished this. there. So, But a, pro, true. It was some uh, artistic was he freedom. Happy? Was he happy to accept the second one? He did accept one? the second one without okay. issue. Okay, well, so it, all it requires is a fever, hand-to-hand combat, and dispatching people against astronomical numbers. Well, I feel like at that time you're like, all right, I, I think I, I think I earned this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a I, gold you know. star for me, yeah. Yeah. Or black yeah. star for Good me, job. in fact, yes. That's yes. right, order of the black star, that's right. He's well, not he can't tap his, his shoulders too hard because he'll probably shatter them No, he's, hand he's strength. clapping his chest like he's a freaking Samoan, just... <laughs> and, and that's how he removed... Uh, Asia from his tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so that that takes me to the end of part one, which I feel like you know we talked. You I timed pre- out perfectly. You Perfect. did absolutely. Yeah. I I will fantastic. give you praise where it is due, and it is due there. You get a medal of honor. I can't accept it. <laughs> well, too bad you're taking it. Anyway. Yeah, you're going to wear the damn thing. So, of the four lies, let's see. The first one there, we had the uh, you know he once became drunk, you know, temporarily relieved of command. No naked girls. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. He caught that yep. one. He relieved himself. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah smelly butler. 
you uh, you caught that <laughs> one. So <laughs> Smelly Smedley, I still I'm gonna say is, is the title of the episode. So there you go. Much better, much. So better, there were yeah. still two others. Do you want to hazard any other guesses? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, not to put too fine a point on it after two minutes of silence, but uh, sure. Okay, well, this one, Shane, I thought you were going to get because you stopped to chat about it. You even made the joke that I was referencing. So, oh, and he would have gotten it except for XYZ. That's Damn right. it. So, it's, it's not how I play this game. So <laughs> the invasion plan for Mexico was, in fact, eventually scrapped, but only when the U.S. Inst- decided to invade Veracruz instead of all of Mexico. Whereas I said when the U.S. decided to capture the electric and water utility companies instead of all of Mexico. <laughs> oh. So I was referencing Monopoly. You stopped to mention Monopoly. And, okay, uh, <laughs> so I was just in on the joke, is what you're saying. That was okay. good. Okay, right. yeah, I thought because I misheard that as you just caught those utilities within Veracruz and that was it. So I had misinterpreted what you said. Oh, and here we go. But, no, 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 no. I wouldn't have gotten <laughs> if it. It, it was a good for lie. Those meddling kids. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it, and I wouldn't have. That was a good lie. Ten out of ten would lie again. I. I Totally I, thought I Shane will was say, gonna get it because he stopped allow and he made me, the joke. I was gonna say, allow me to dock for a second. I feel like I was sniffing around right there, and if I had only really just had a moment to think about it. See, you say allow me joke. to dock, but I was docking for you because I was like, he was sniffing right there, and I thought he was yep, gonna get yep. it. We're space docking. We can't use yeah. that phrase now that we know what it stands for. <laughs> I was docking over there. No, please don't. <laughs> Michael, do you know about docking as the sexual term? Yes, I know, but I'm still okay. thinking of the previous one. I, I, I like yeah. that that wasn't sufficient to disgust you, and yet, like, the fact that his mother had consensual sex and conceived a child, that's what is pushing you over the edge of discomfort. Yeah, that's that's too far. That's way too far. Okay, it's well, more information the, than I needed as well, to be honest. So, Especially to be reminded yeah. of every time that, that Literally, day comes every year, around. Yeah, it's, it's and a, that's why you are the daddy who's not my daddy. Uh, you're you're right, and also that is true. You're not the mama. That's right. Nice. <laughs> so as for the last lie, it was at the tail end, and actually, Shane, again, you referenced it briefly. Uh, so the the lie itself was the Haitian government recognized his contributions by awarding him the Order of the Black Star, the country's highest honor. So, why this, would the Haitians give him an award? Well, so this is uh, this lie is interesting because oh. Uh, I had already set up my script, but in light of our most recent episodes here, uh, I decided to pop over to ChatGPT and see what it would say, right? So this lie was interesting because it was generated by ChatGPT. The rest, the script is mine, but this lie is the only bit here that I included from ChatGPT because I asked it to tell me everything it knew about Smedley Butler, and it listed this as a fact during the paper it provided me. However, I knew this was false since I'd already done the research for this episode. True, he was awarded the Order of the Black Star, but it's a French order and was given to him for his actions tackling sanitation issues in France during World War I, not a a Haitian order as a result of this whole thing. Hmm. So it was interesting because it's like he did get the Order of the Black Star, so Chad GPT was kind of right there, but they assigned it to a different country for a different act and so I just, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's fascinating. So I, I grabbed the little lie there and I just tossed it on at the end. Now, the Order of the Black Star isn't something that you're given at like a year-end awards for BET, right? <laughs> 
I was going to ask, was it like, was it actually black star, like instead of brown star because it was sanitation and everything like that? Racist. And also, also world star shit joke. So there you go. Got to got to keep that that stereotype going for you. That 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 uh, ah, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the brown mile. Just keep that brown mile going. He was just trying to prevent it. Redemption but, arc. But yeah, anyways, I included that because I thought it was interesting when I just briefly asked mm-hmm. it, like, tell me everything. And I was like, oh, that's not true. I'm, I was I'm like, about to get on the verge of saying we are not allowed to bring chat GPT into this bloody show anymore. If you can't use it for academic papers, you can't use it on the disinformed podcast. Well, but I was using it for the lie. I was and I'm actually that's, I, I yeah, that, I'm still this is disgusting. <clears throat> and actually, this would have been a perfectly like a good lie to include in itself. I'm just letting you in, in a little bit of, you know, behind the curtain, a little peek behind oh, the scenes. Oh, well. Here. I'll give you a peek behind the curtain. Uh, ever since you started talking about people dying to, you know, the dulcet tones of Celine Dion, I've been thinking of Fred Durst doing an impression of, every night in my dreams. <laughs> I see you. I feel you. <laughs> so in the mall, we'll go on. Yeah, that's that's all I've been doing in my head now for a good forty minutes. So thank you for that. All Chat GPT's fault. Yeah, well, I, I was just that. trying to do a little nice tie in there to Michael's episodes there, utilizing some of that, and I liked the lie. It worked well. Um, yeah, I'd like to tie a noose around my neck right now just to tie into Michael's episodes. But but, but well done, gents. You got two wrong. of the four. Two of the four. Well done. Well, thank you. Uh, it could have been worse. Yeah, so hopefully that wasn't uh, terribly... No, that was, uh, was that was well done. Thank perfectly you. Perfectly bite-sized. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. You well, hit that, that button again, I'm going to find where you sleep. I know. I hit it, and then I was like, I shouldn't have done it. And I looked over, and I was like, nobody said anything. Maybe they didn't catch it. Maybe, ah, oh, crap, he caught it. Uh, speaking Unlike of which, though. The like, but- the like button, which you can smash. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I will say uh, I was hoisted on my own petard, though, because it was my antagonistic pressing of the mute button <laughs> that disconnected my cable, oh, apparently. No. That was the only jolt that it needed, and then it was the reverse reverberations throughout for the rest of the uh, episode so yeah that's what i get karma yeah gets uh, me every time it's been the day for it so we might as well just dogpile down that we're done at the end of the day so uh well done well done much appreciated oh thank you yeah. thank you gents it was about time i circled you know take another step at bat here indeed so, and like and, last uh, time i'm just gonna crank out a few episodes and then <laughs> call it a day Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to call it a week. Hmm. Yes. Well, uh, we hope that you all listening out there enjoyed the show as much as we did. And if you did, of course, like, subscribe, rate, and review. We would love to hear from you. If you have not already, what's going on? Do we need to have a conversation? Also, feel free to get a Disinformed Podcast logo tattooed across your chest from throat to waist. I don't know if I can condone that. Like, Smedley would do it. Do it in Smedley's honor. I mean, I can't have my own face on my own chest. I feel like that might be a bit much. No, I was talking okay. to the listener. No, you know what? I like No, I like where Doc is going now. If you lead a group of Marines to stifle a rebellion within inside the Philippines, I feel like you should reward yourself by tattooing our, one of our logos on your chest in commemoration of that victory. That is fine. 
Yes. But only if you're not mounted, because if you're mounted, does it even count? It's, like, Yeah, you're just kicking a dead dog at that point. Beating a dead horse, if you will. So well, that's true. Uh, I would say I'd that the, the Polish cavalry... They're, they're mounted uh, on it. Mount the dead yeah. horse? The Polish cavalry. Wing Hussarmy, yes. Shane. Yes, the Polish cavalry in uh, you know the, the 30s might disagree with you about the you know it being foregone, being mounted. But... I like being mounted. <laughs> I, I I heard that. I, <laughs> as long as it isn't a hand Fucking job, it's Smithly okay. Smithy Schmucker over here. Ah, oh, jeez. Cinnamon butt. But uh, <laughs> all right, I'm done with you. Somebody else do the outro. I'm sick of this shit. Well, you pretty much said everything that there is to say. I you know, did we not. got some. We got some things down the in the show notes. Oh, God. And click um, click the links and. There's yeah. no links. Tune in next week for the exciting midway installment of the continuing the saga midway. of Smedley Butler. And midway. you too can feel Butlerania. <laughs> Butlermania's running wild. Ooh, That's yeah. Right. The cream rises to the top. The jabroni. I hope it did. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I realize why I'm the one who does the impressions on this show. Right, I'll say exactly. that. Okay, and well, uh, of course, as you all know, as Michael attempted to haphazardly, there is a link, single, oh. in the show notes there that will take you to all of our irrelevant socials and other material. Of course, new episodes of the podcast are in your way every lovely Monday morning, so you can get those without any delay if you're subscribed. So I don't know why you wouldn't. It just saves you time. Otherwise, you got to track this thing down. That's no fun for anybody. And, of course, every fantastic Friday, there's even more winging your way on the tubes of you. You can find us there. There's a slew of material for you to pilfer through in case you were unaware. And uh, we keep it entertaining for the most part. It's going to be a Jesse Ventura-only episode this week. I'm just going to monologue for 20 minutes. Ooh. Good times for all involved. Yes, indeed. And Seoul, Korea. It's where I was stationed for four months while I was a Navy SEAL. Uh, all right, so I think that's going to wrap this bloody episode up. And so for all of us here at the Disinformed Podcast, to all of you out there, big love. And we hope you all join us. And we hope that you had a Baja Blast. <laughs> <laughs> so for the Disinformed Podcast this week, I'm Shane. I'm Doc. And I'm Michael. And zippity zoop, we're out of here.